Hi, everybody. Woo, look at you. Catch the fire, Kitchener. This is fantastic. Uh, I was supposed to give you greetings from Catch Fire World uh, team. Um, Duncan and Kate said to say hi, and it was with John Arnett too. So, Father, thank you for your fire and your presence. Whoa, thank you so much. Keep coming. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here. Wow, we just ask for the greater uh, measure of your glory today that transforms us from glory to glory. Lord, ever deeper, ever ever higher, more. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Shift in us, transform us in Jesus' name. Awesome to be here and feel God's presence like, like he's here in this amazing church. By the way, in case you don't know who I am, my name is Patricia. Obviously, I, I love Jesus. <laughs> my husband and I have been with Catch the Fire for many, many years, and uh, spiritual children of John and Carol Arnott, because my hometown is their hometown, which is Stratford. As a matter of fact, I just drove in today from Stratford. But um, our position in Catch the Fire is extended with Catch the Fire Canada, and now more recently to Catch the Fire uh, USA, so both. And anyways, we actually haven't had a home since late September of last year. Can you believe that? Homeless, that's what we are. Yep, okay. At 53 with six kids. No, <laughs> three of our kids are married. And anyways, but uh, you know, I heard a word uh, earlier last year from, uh, or late last year from Bobby Connor. And Bobby Connor said that 2019 was going to start a little rough, where there was some tears and there was trials and there was times of going through things, but it was going to shift into tears of joy. As we see Nahum 1-7 all over again, God is good. Is there anybody else that's felt a little rough, you know? Okay, I see hands waving. Oh, guess what? It's going to get better, Okay. <laughs> We just signed the deal to get a house September 1st. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But anyways, but I do feel like the Lord is saying that this church, I tell you, there is such an explosion of growth, but it's, it's, but it's also like just this steady, 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 steady growth. And I don't think you need it right now, but I do see the Lord giving you a building. But I don't know. I submit this. I submit this part, Catch the Fire Auckland, Catch the Fire Barrie, both have what they call the hub, which is like a, a uh, less expensive place to rent that's not huge, but it's like where you can have small groups, where you can have uh, inner healing classes, or whatever, you know what I mean? Just teaching, equipping, uh, and that sort of thing. So I think God's going to bless you with that. But I bless the building because I, 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 what I saw in my mind's eye, I saw this newish type building that the Lord was going to give you, like you're just in awe of what God has done. So I bless the the continual growth, you know, but most of all, it's the growth of the heart, isn't it? It's the growth of the spirit. That's the most important thing. And, and I tell you, God has uh, blessed you with the sisters of thunder. Come on. And their families. Uh, wow. Like, wow. So Lord, keep coming, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. Just keep coming. Let your fire fall on this, on this congregation, on this church and ministry. I do have two books. I do have a newer book, but it's, I don't have any copies left. But this is the, uh, a Convergence. It's a, every chapter is a key to destiny. It's, it's really a Father's love, inner healing, hearing God's voice, that sort of thing. Only five bucks, by the way, back there. I'm uh, just trying to uh, uh, cover my cost on that one. And then Raising Burning Hearts is about parenting and mentoring uh, next generation lovers of God. We, we have six kids, as I mentioned. They all uh, love Jesus, and they're quite amazing, to be honest, uh, if I do say so myself. <laughs> I know I'm their mother, but, you know, a little biased. 
Uh, so uh, we have Judah in Stratford who is um, uh, 28 years old. Do you know he's just been promoted to lead the entire, this entire company? He, uh, the people have been working there longer than he's been alive. And uh, he's also a worship leader in the church in Stratford and has youth, was the youth pastor. But, you know, the Lord has been really speaking to us a lot about how marketplace ministry, come on, how many, you know, are in the marketplace? You're in the schools, you're in the, uh, and we actually, not too long ago, we just repented to Judah and we said, Judah, we just want you to know as your parents who've been in ministry all your life, is, is, like church ministry, we say, we, for, we ask your forgiveness for any way we projected onto you that ministry is you got to be a pastor, you got to be a missionary, or you got to do, and, and you know what, that meant something to him. He said, you know, uh, thank you, mom and dad, like I, I forgive you. Like it wasn't uh, like he was all broken up about it, but the guy is so anointed for business, seriously. You know, it's just company car, you know, like phenomenal favor. And guess what? God wants you to be anointed for your business. The same root word in Hebrew for work is worship, avadah. Same root word. So get onto the Lord. We would do it onto the Lord. Do your job onto the Lord. I used to be a nurse, a registered nurse. Uh, you know what? I love that too. Because it was like, I was just bring God into the hospital. You know, I, I even was an emergency room nurse. I saw tons of people dying or, or you know, about to die. And I would, you know, try to tell them about Jesus. Many of them you know, came to Jesus. It was incredible. Saw so many miracles. So I love that too. But it, it just take God wherever you go. Amen? And then uh, we have a daughter and our son-in-law is on staff at IHOP. They help lead the House of Prayer, and International House of Prayer. Another daughter is in university there, a 16-year-old that's with us. Special needs daughter in Stratford. I'll see her today. She's really doing so well. God has surpassed um, our expectations for her. She's got a job in a restaurant. She's just thriving. And uh, Aquila, a daughter who's married to a guy from Switzerland, but they live in Quebec, and she's employed by the Quebec House of Prayer, and he is a, uh, getting his MBA. So thank you, Jesus. Keep coming, Holy Spirit. Let your fire fall and glory come. I want to talk today about authenticity. You know, I, I like to hear the Lord as to what I'm supposed to speak on. I'm like, are you sure, God? I've never really spoken on that before, but that's what I feel like him saying. So, uh, like, in other words being real. Like, uh, I was so gripped. Uh, John Arnett happened to mention this book one time. It's, it's called Finish, Finishing Strong by Steve Farrar. I recommend it. It's actually geared for men, and I read it and passed it off to my husband, so he's reading it now. But anyways, uh, it's called Finishing Strong. But there was some incredible stories in there that kind of gripped me. Did you know that in 1945, there was not one, but there was three guys that were filling stadiums in evangelistic campaigns. One of them, you might remember this name, it's Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was actually employed by Youth for Christ at that time, and he was filling stadiums. But another guy by the name of Charles Templeton was Billy Graham's roommate, and even was also employed by Youth for Christ, and he similarly was filling stadiums. Now, Charles Templeton was said by one university professor, they said, he is, you know, by far the best preacher in America. As a matter of fact, they called him the Babe Ruth of evangelism. Do you know that Charles Templeton went to Princeton Seminary? And, uh, you know, he came out of that and was like, ah, oh, well, you know, questioning the divinity of Jesus or the authenticity of the Bible. And guess what happened to Charles Templeton? By 1957, Charles Templeton 
had declared himself an atheist, and he wrote a book, Goodbye God, My Departure from the Christian Faith. And he was filling stadiums, uh, just like Billy Graham. By the way, Billy Graham, I don't know if you ever heard the story that he went to the woods one time. He was in the woods, and he was just having it out with God, saying, God, either the word of God is true or it's not. Like, I really need you to tell me. And he came out of the woods, and he said, I will stake my life on the authenticity of the word of God. And the rest is history. There was another guy. He was also filling stadiums. His name was Bron Clifford. And Bron Clifford was so slick and so good. He was at age 25. He had the most people come into his meetings. As a matter of fact, outside, they couldn't even get into stadiums. And they were like, you know, 10, uh, 10 feet thick of, of people trying to get in. And Hollywood even uh, take, took him into a movie called The Robe. He starred or was, had a part in the movie The Robe. This was, his name was Bron Clifford. He was an incredible evangelist. Well, by 1954, Bron Clifford not only lost his marriage, his, he left his wife with her two Down syndrome children, he left his uh, ministry, and he, uh, he lost his life because he died of cirrhosis of the liver from alcoholism alone in a hotel room in Texas. Like, what? You know, these are guys who are filling stadiums. And it, something's been gripping me. I don't think I'm that old, okay? I'm 53, but I'm like, God, I want to finish strong. Do you want to finish strong? No, seriously. Like, I really want to continue to grow in my love for Jesus as well as my God-given calling and destiny. Well, then there is this uh, a survey taken of 250 pastors who had all fallen morally. They had all fallen into uh, some illicit affair. 250 of them, and there was four things that they all had in common. Number one, they had lost their daily time with God, their time in prayer, their daily connection. Number two, they had all counseled a woman alone. By the way, have you ever heard of the Billy Graham rule? Anybody? Is that familiar lately? If you've been listening to the news, that there is uh, like an American, um, forget he's a senator running in Arkansas for the Senate, and he wouldn't allow this, fe- you know what I'm talking about, he wouldn't allow this female, single female woman onto his bus by herself because he said, um, sorry, unless my wife is here, I don't, you know, want to travel with you. And basically she's like saying bigot, you know, all this stuff, and it's crazy. And he says, I'm abiding by the Billy Graham rule. Do you know the Billy Graham? Billy Graham never met with a woman alone. And none of his team were allowed to either. As a matter of fact, when Billy Graham went into a hotel, they would search his room just to make sure there was nobody in there. Just because he wanted to always be above reproach. And, and, and you know, no appearance of evil. Anyway, so this, uh, these 250 pastors, they had counseled a woman alone. They, uh, another common thing was that they didn't have somebody that they were accountable to somebody that they really opened their heart or were able to share what was going on in their life. And the last thing they all had in common is they all said, it'll never happen to me. Uh, no, 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 I, I will never fall. Like, I'll never, you know, how many of you know, it's like, beware you stand, let you fall. You know what I mean? There's a, sten- there's a sense of, God, I need you. I am desperately needy of you. And I don't want to underestimate even, you know, what's inside. So anyways, I don't want to depress you. But what I want to say is this. What is it that keeps us burning to the end? When we meet Jesus face to face and we can look at our lives and say, you know what? Wow, I, I, you know, I lived the destiny that God had for me. I walked 
in what he, what he wanted for me. And so I believe that it's time that if there's to be some sort of course correction, if there's to be some sort of alignment, how about now? Hello. As opposed to 20 years from now. You know what I'm saying? If you think of, I don't, I, like we did build a house in Stratford, not that I personally built it, but I do know these, you know the plumb line or the, the, the thing that makes it straight, right? Thank you. And, and if there's a, let's say there's a 3% deviation, doesn't sound like much, does it? A 3% deviation, but just think about 3% deviation over time. That goes pretty far, and before you know it, like even if there is some sort of misalignment, it's like over time, it's gonna be a lot farther out here than with the ideal. Does that make any sense? And I'm just saying, God, shock me now. Don't shock me in that day when I meet you face to face. If there's stuff you want to change, if there's things that you want to align, if there's things that, that I need to repent of or get real or whatever, show me, Lord. And I believe that this is what God is speaking to us. I think that he's saying that it's time to get real with God. It's time to get real with yourself. Time to get real with others. And really just, I don't know, bring things to the light. Let me tell you, I've, I love inner healing. I've had... Lots of it. So, <laughs> I hope you can see the effects of all my inner healing. But anyways, yes. I, uh, I love RTF. We've had full RTF a couple times. And we're, um, I mean, we're actually just teaching a class on Zoom this week to all the RTF people around the world. But anyways, one of the things that happened one time a few years back, I remember John saying to me, you know, I think you need more inner healing. And you know what I said to him? That's my husband, by the way. I said, I think you need more inner healing. Not me. I'm the one that's gone for the most inner healing in this marriage. And by the way, these problems, that's you. And then I, and I remember Carol Arnett jumping into the fray. I was so upset with my husband. He got Carol on it, on Arnett on his side, you know. And she said, Patricia, I do kind of think, you know, maybe you should. And so I am sitting on this airplane going down to Hendersonville, North Carolina to meet Chester and Betsy Kelstra, who founded the RTF ministry. And I can't believe I said this, but I really did say this. I said, you know what? I'm here out of honor and obedience. There's really nothing wrong with me. And they're like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad you're here out of honor and obedience. You know, it's like, I want to say something. That was one of the most incredible inner healing sessions I've ever had. And why? It's because it was stuff I didn't see. By the way, I have this crazy rental car out there. You'll notice it. It looks like a frog. Anybody see that bright green car out there? That's my car. And you know what I, I like about it is that it has this thing um, that flashes, right, on the mirrors. Actually, my car in, in Carolina, North Carolina has it too. But you know what I'm talking about? Where if there's a car in your blind spot, it flashes. You know what I'm talking about? And so the newer cars have that. I like that. It's like, wow, they show you the cars that are in your blind spot. Guess what? I think we need that in life. It's called your wife or your husband, okay? Blind spot, blind spot. Might be your kids too or your friends, you know? And so I, I just didn't see it. And, and what came out really was, was that, okay, I, I'm not schizophrenic. I just want you to know that, okay? But, but there's, this play, there's this thing called disassociation is where there can be this full range of where there's parts that can be so wounded in our childhood or so wounded by things from the past that it's like there'll be a stuck part. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, so the extreme would be, you know, I remember we had a gal in our church in Toronto 
that she would go outside her, her house and say, why are there cigarette butts on my doorstep? This is ridiculous. Who's smoking cigarettes on my doorstep? Guess who was smoking? She was. She was in a different personality. Is that okay? Now, I know that's extreme, but there, you know, Chester and Betsy talk about like 80% of the population could have some fragmented parts. So there was this thing of where I would react in such a way that I didn't really get it that others would say, whoa, you know, and, and there's something also, I just want to say this for the prophetic people here. You know, um, anyways, I, I, again, Carol Arnott, she's a mentor to me, but she said this, she said, your whisper is like a shout. You know, and so even more so that if you want to attain to, oh God, I want to be a prophetic voice, that's really great, but guess what? You get really uh, purified more and more, if you know what I'm saying. It's like where God was saying, I need to save your tongue, hello? Because as James 3 says, you can't have out of the mouth, you know, fresh water, salt water, curses, blessing. It doesn't work that way. And so it was like where God was saying, I want to help you attain to your calling and destiny, but therefore I need to sanctify you on another level. And so God, guess what? God wants to save our tongue, the things we say, the things we speak. And so it was this another level that I didn't see. And I just want to say this, that I believe that, you know, getting real with each other or getting real with ourselves, it's like if you're to really be super honest, are there knee-jerk reactions going on? Are there things that trigger you or, you know, can trigger these, uh, these things like, as Paul said, I do the things I do not want to do. And so it's like, I believe, church, I really do. I believe we're coming into a time of phenomenal signs and wonders. I believe that we're coming into that billion soul harvest. Seriously, like this 2020, how many of you have heard the prophecies about 2020? And, you know, Bob Jones was the one who first talked about the billion soul harvest and I see it coming in and already, you know, people are getting saved. Sometimes it's like the fish are jumping in the boat and it's, it's amazing. But watch out because it's only going to escalate. That trickle is going to become a flood, all right, of souls and miracles and signs and wonders and, and God doing extraordinary. I know it. I believe it. It's not a pipe dream. It is true. And re we're, we're, we're going to enter into worldwide revival. Already things are brewing. Things are brewing. Things are brewing even in the earth. You know, Isaiah 60 is happening as a deep darkness covers the earth. But, 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 the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. So the best days are ahead. And, Lord, you know, we see crazy stuff going on. But here's the deal. It's like we are called. Can you imagine saying to somebody, like, hey, Come and know Jesus and be dead and bored and dull and living, you know, like me. Is that going to work? I, I don't think it's going to work. It's like, come on, come and know Jesus and be on fire. Come and know Jesus and, and know this, you know, this joy of the purity of heart. Come on. I have had some years of stupid. Anybody had stupid? Maybe some of you are still in stupid, okay? Like, like meaning, you know, it's like I always loved God and I, I grew up in a farm, you know, not far from here and had these encounters as a kid even about the call of God in my life. What I'm living right now, these encounters that I had when I was eight years old and didn't even get saved till I was 12. But then there was this journey, this journey of trying to find God and trying to get healed of all the stuff that happened in my childhood and the pain of things and and, 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 you know, it was, it's been this journey, but the more and more there's been this yes, 
the more and more I see, you know, the, the joy of just, ah, oh, this walk with God. But for a period of time there in my teens, like I went to Christian school for a long time, but then one year I had to go to the public school system because they had grade 13 in that year. Anybody remember grade 13, how we were attending grade 13? I actually did grade 13 and 12 in the same year. But anyways, what I found was this, is that I was the new girl. Woohoo! All the guys were like, whoa, fresh meat, you know? And it was like, I, I had this crazy thing in my life. It's like I could just get any guy I wanted. It was almost like a sport. It really was. It, and, and it was like, ah, oh, if I wanted that guy, I could get that guy. And, and it was like I kind of had this sick kind of power. And I remember, you know, all along loving God but searching for love in wrong places and just having this, this, this crazy season of where I knew I was really not walking in the will of God. Anyways, I want to say this, that I had to come not only to face to face with the fact that was I going to continue to do things my way or how I thought, you know, would, would be fun or was I going to really shift over into what I knew was God's way. And so, I, I mean, I remember you know, for having to forgive my dad and how it affected my relationship with men. I had the sign in my head, dysfunctional men, I'm attracted to you. That's another story. But um, I, when I finally was able to say, you know what, God, I really want you. I really want my God-given calling. And somebody told me this back then. They said, if you knew all the facts of where you will be in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 4 years, if you knew all the facts, you'd always choose God's way. And something got me in that. And I was like, oh, you know what? When I'm 30 or when I'm 40 or when I'm 50, I want to be on track with God. So I think I'll adjust it now that I'm 22 or 21 or whatever it was. You know, and so I'm so glad I did. Hallelujah. Because I think I was spared divorce and I was spared a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, we taught our kids a different way, by the way. You don't have to date all these guys. And anyways, the Lord will lead and, and praise God they have abided by that. But let me just say this. I remember deliverance time. Anybody had deliverance? You don't have to raise your hand. But I remember deliverance because that sick kind of power, the ability to get any guy I wanted, it was coming out in the deliverance session. And just by some chance I think it was God embarrassing me but my future husband happened to be in the room when I was getting deliverance that was not very nice as it wasn't just up and out with a natural breath it was like <laughs> demons were speaking demons were manifesting uh, can you imagine my future husband oh there's my wife <laughs> oh so embarrassing that had to be unconditional love it was unconditional love how many of you know the demons are better out than in? <laughs> and that power left. Hallelujah. But I knew it. I felt it. It was like that. The, all the sexual stuff left. And it was this new kind of purity. And I remember having this time where God was just cleansing me. And I felt his powerful cleansing. Cleansing of eye gate, ear gate every body part and he said this to me go and sin no more and he also said this quote from the bible let a dog not return to its vomit and i was like that's pretty severe god are you calling me a dog but what he was saying don't go back 
to stoop it. Walk the walk. And you know, you know what? With this one old old boyfriend that I had for three and a half years, who had you know, super funny guy, great athlete, you know, stuff, kind of a control. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, "Rip up, throw away, give away everything He's ever given you. Rip up the the pictures." Done. And I said, well, should, I should pray for him, right, God? He said, I don't even want you praying for him. I'll raise up other people to pray for him. I want you free of this relationship. And I did that. And I'm so glad because I have this phenomenal husband, 29 years married, you know, and I'm so, so grateful. But guess what? Some of us need the gift of goodbye. The gift of goodbye. Goodbye to the things that have sucked us down. Goodbye to some of those friendships. You know, is your fire melting their ice or is their ice putting out your fire? And missionary dating really generally does not work. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. It's like, God, you know what? I want you more than anything. I want you more than what grips my heart. I mean, Solomon held fast to a thousand wives and concubines in love. So what am I talking? I don't know. I, I just feel like it's time to get real. I had to get real with myself. You know what? This is not right. I need to stop trying to fool myself into thinking it's all right. How many of you know you can try to justify and try to justify and try to justify? And by the way, this has never been an issue for me, but I do want to talk about pornography for a moment. Uh, hey, Whitney, get ready to just, like, in two minutes, share your testimony. Uh, I don't know. It's because I feel like there's something insidious about pornography that's rising on planet Earth that is gripping so many people, including in the church. Stats are staggering that 76% of men in church do pornography. Do you want to know something? That is one of the most insidious things because not only does it... Uh, an addict, the mind, it's an, it's an addiction. And it needs further and further triggers. So that's why we're getting things like child pornography. That's why we're getting um, the sex trafficking industry. It's all fueled by pornography. And in the culture, many times it's like accepted or it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. This is one of the most demonic Jezebelic spirits on planet earth. And how many of you know that just the recent story about Epstein, right, who just killed himself yesterday. I mean, what a crazy story that is. This billionaire who attracts all of these young girls, and it's all pornography. In his, uh, he, he just killed himself yesterday in jail. They're still investigating that because he was privy to many high-up people who were similarly using his services with young girls. And so all these guys are breathing a sigh of relief that he's dead, okay? So they're looking at two. Anyways, why am I saying that? I know that's an extreme example. But here's the deal. This is fueling so much evil right now. And church, we need to run the other way. Seriously run the other way. And it rewires the brain and it causes us to, you know, lose relationship. Just super quick, come up here. This is Whitney as a friend. This is Jenny, my other friend. Hello. Um, so I used to be in the gay lifestyle for around five years. And I pretty much attribute it to three things, and of course it was a lot of things through life, but, you know, grew up in a Christian household, parents were pastors, you know, was in a great church, and picked up an offense at one of the churches that I was at, and I didn't really understand, you know, as a kid, the difference, someone offending me and God offending me, so I kind of took it as like, oh, God's this, 
you know, guy I don't want, you know, he's like them, you know, hypocrites, whatever. So kind of just distanced myself from the church, thought I don't want to be involved in that, don't want to submit to that, I'm just going to do my own thing and kind of live my life. And I was 12 years old, so, you know, shortly after that, I'm watching TV and unintentionally see pornography on TV. We didn't subscribe to anything, nothing like that, but I saw it. I'm young at the age of, you know, kind of learning and developing and, you know, thinking, I don't want to have the birds and the bee talk with my parents, so, you know, I'll watch this and I'll get sex education here. Well, of course, I was young. I didn't know better that what I was letting into my spirit through my ear and eye gates was obviously destructive and, and things like that. And then it was through the years after that that got, like, different guys in my life just really were disappointing. And, and it almost kind of, like, just perverted my mind on what men were and who God designed men to be. So I thought, well, I don't want to submit to a man and, and be abused or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, lived in the gay lifestyle for a few years. Always knew that, you know, it wasn't right and, and that God had something more for me. But was just living the lie and believing the lie that, you know, I was born that way and, you know, whatever else, right? And just trying to live for myself and stay in my own hate and this and that. And uh, Patricia's husband, John, had invited a former porn star to Catch the Fire Toronto. And she just shared her testimony. And I was like, this is crazy. This lady's talking about sex at church. Like, it was just, it was so nuts. And she didn't shy away. But I was like, that's what I needed. That authentic, real testimony of someone who, she was in a perverted lifestyle. She was, I mean, she just like, she detailed stuff. And I'm like, man, this is nuts. But that's what I needed. I needed someone who was real, who didn't give some, you know, fun and cute little story, but said what happened. And she gave an altar call. And I, like, I couldn't get out of my seat fast enough. And she just came down and was like, you, and just hugged me off that stage. And it was just like, oh, like, you know, my heart just broke. But, like, I got so encountered by God in that moment that, you know, it just, and it's, of course, been a heart-healing journey. But, you know, I, I noticed a lot of young families in here just watch your kids, you know, what they see, what they're, what they're getting from their friends. Like, it's so important to just protect them from, you know, what they see in here. Amen. Come on. You know, the Jesus movement of the 70s, it was a lot of the hippies. Anybody know the hippies? They came into the kingdom. I believe this next wave of glory, there's going to be a lot of LGBTQ coming in. Come on, they will. Because it's, it's not gay, okay? It's not a joyful lifestyle. And, and uh, I've seen that even as a nurse. That God is going to, uh, you know, break in. So there's something that the Lord is speaking today about what does it look like? It doesn't mean all, you know, pornography or doesn't mean, but it's, there's something about bringing things to light. You know what I remember? Okay, uh, my dad, who is, I just saw him this morning, he's 89 years old. By the way, I just want to say that he's totally changed. Hallelujah. I was there at a Billy Graham crusade when I was 14, when he went forward and got, gave his life to Jesus. And so that was the beginning of a change. But I remember my dad actually had an affair. He had an affair with a teacher. And, um, my sister, my oldest sister, had had an affair, and she, that ended her marriage. And I had this, this fear that I would ever have an affair, because it was in the family line. And I remember thinking, I can't tell anybody I have that fear, because they might think that I'm thinking about having an affair. <laughs> Does that make sense? I was like, I cannot tell anybody this. This is, this, is, this is just too. And I remember carrying this fear. It was ridiculous. And finally, one time, uh, we were in this session, uh, with a whole bunch of inner healing people. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Patricia, bring that fear to the light. 
And it was like, why? Because it was empowered in the darkness. When I brought it to the light and just said, hey, can you, this, this person, I said, can you pray for me? Because I have a fear that I would have an affair. Now, by the way, I'm not thinking about having an affair. There's nobody that I want to have an affair with, but I'm, I have a fear of it. And you know what? They prayed for me, and that broke immediately, and I've never had the fear since. But what really got to me was like, why did I spend so many years keeping this a secret? Because like, there's an empowerment in the darkness. And similarly, when I was a child, and there was a lot of pain in my childhood, I would escape into a fantasy world. This is pretty common, by the way, amongst especially children who have difficult childhoods. So I could escape, and in my escape world, I was a ranch owner in Texas, okay? So I had this whole life, <laughs> I had this whole life in Texas, and then I'd have to go back to school, you know, that was such a drag, but, but I literally had this life. So as I'm growing and getting older and, and, and loving Jesus and all that stuff, every so often, like, I would still escape to whatever world I wanted to, all right? Now, by the way, if men have more of a propensity to pornography, women will have more of a propensity to a fantasy world. And that's why we have Harlequin romances. That's why you have soap operas, not that I got into those. But, and that's why we have chick flicks. And you know that sometimes, I mean, Joyce Meyer talked about this woman. It was so bad, her and her fantasy world, that when her husband came home missing a tooth, a little bit overweight, she's like, ooh, because the guy in her fantasy realm, of course, was Prince Charming, and nothing was even done in the house. Like, there wasn't any laundry done or dishes done because she was so lost. So I know that's extreme. But anyway, so the Lord would speak to me because I would get lost every so often. And the Lord would say, you've got to bring that into light. Every time this happens, tell John. Talk to John. Tell him. Tell him to pray for you. Ask him to pray for you. And I would be like, gosh, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm a grown woman. Like, I love Jesus, you know. Why is this my, come on. You know what? Because we'll all have our default. Do you know what I mean? There's some defaults. And that's why we need accountability. So I remember, you know, talking to John, you pray for me, and you pray for me, and then it'd be, you know, less and then less and then less until, you know, you feel like, hey, I have the victory in this. But let's not just, let's not try to lie to ourselves or to each other to say that we don't struggle in areas. Am I talking to anybody that's alive today? You know? Because seriously, like, what is it? But here's, here's where the scripture says this. By the way, both of them, Ephesians 5 and Galatians 5, are both powerful. This is Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you are once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is life. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Just this, was it two weeks ago that Josh Harris, anybody know who that name is? He wrote the $20 million uh, book called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Powerful book. Uh, many young people read it. Uh, my, some of my daughters read it. He just announced that he is no longer a Christian, and therefore he is uh, renouncing all that he wrote in that book, which was actually a great book. How does this happen? You know, or one of, our, one of the guys that I am close to from a Western Canada prophet, phenomenal prophet, young guy, so accurate, has just 
you know, repented for sexual indiscretion. He's been pulled off of his whole ministry, and now he's, you know, under accountability to his leaders, which is good. But I'm just like, God, somewhere along the line, it didn't happen in a moment. There was somewhere along the line that there was, there was a straying. There was where the heart got cold, where there was, there was somehow the lack of getting real with God's people or getting real with God himself or getting real with ourselves. And I feel like the Lord is saying, church, you're about to enter into the best days you've ever seen. And I, I believe that there is truth to Carol Arnott's dream that she had some few, two years ago. It was this, in essence, the glory of God coming such an unprecedented level, but the holiness of God at the same time, the two-edged sword. That where there was secret sin and where there was stuff that was not you know, dealt with, that would be a major liability. And, and you know, uh, one of my prophetic friends had this angel appear to them and say this over and over, five, 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 five. And, and, you know, just like so afraid and, and knew that it meant the fifth verse of the fifth chapter of the fifth book of the New Testament and looked it up and guess what it is? Ananias and Sapphira. You know what, if we want the uh, signs and wonders and miracles of the early church in Acts, I also believe that we need the holiness. Now, is God going to strike you dead? Not exactly. I didn't say that, okay? But I, I do believe that he is, the kind messenger is going out. The kind messenger is saying, hey, it's time to deal. Hey, it's time to deal. And by the way, I would rather have my sins confessed before the Lord and before those that I trust in the Lord than blast it onto CNN or see, you know, how about you? You know, because guess what? It's going to be exposed. It'll be exposed. It'll come out. It'll come out sooner or later. It's going to come out. Galatians 5, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts after the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and those, these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Let me just speak to the men for a moment. I realize I'm not a man, but my husband has um, led the men's ministry for years, or did lead it. And he uh, is having a men's retreat, by the way. And, and, and by the way, can I just say this? All the prophetic people here, come down to Raleigh September 9 to 15th. We're going to have this phenomenal uh, Emma Stark, literally has been sought after by Queen Elizabeth, no joke. Uh, Theresa May, political people, uh, because Glasgow Prophetic Center that she leads is so anointed. She's coming to teach us advanced level prophetic. So, so if you're up for that, come. And um, anyways, where am I going? Somewhere, somewhere good. Uh, oh yeah, to the men. But John, um, there's four things of authentic manhood. Jesus being the most authentic man that ever walked the planet. Number one, reject passivity. Because there's a propensity for men to be passive. Even passive in their leadership of spiritual leadership in the home. You know, the propensity to... Kind of let it go. You know, men, uh, you know, years ago, the movies or the shows, like Leave it to Beaver or um, that sort of thing. Remember H Happy Days? You guys remember, right? I oh, hope, please, don't make me look old, okay? 
But then, but then more recently, you've got, I don't know, like things like Archie Bunker or, or Bumstead, uh, what's his guy's name again? Like making men just like stupid, like dumb, you know? And there's something about men rising again, reject passivity, take responsibility. Take responsibility for your home, those children that you've helped sire, you know, or whatever. And lead courageously and invest eternally. So there's something, I just feel like the Lord is saying to men, it's time to rise up into your God-given place. Your God-given place in Him, your God-given place in your family, in your marriage. And, you know, I don't know, there's something that the Lord is speaking, I believe, to men about getting real, getting raw. Well, and, and walking in the light. But then similarly for women, like what good does it do? I remember, you know, uh, looking at John one time and I'm focusing on the nose hairs. Like, <laughs> so why did he have those? I turned 40 and then he had nose hairs. And so I remember saying that and somebody gave him one of those. I won't ask you if you have that. But anyways, it's a good present. It's a good Christmas present, okay? Anyways. But it was like, it was like the Lord was saying to me, Patricia, why are you focusing on what's not right? I mean, it's okay to point out some stuff, but look at what is right. Come on, women, I'm talking to you too. Like, I know not everybody's not married here, but there was this thing of what the ability to see what was wrong as opposed to what was right. And that could get into nagging, okay? And I want to just say for a moment to the singles here, I tell you, I carry it in my heart that God would bring amazing spouses for some of our singles in our, in, in our churches. Now, let me say this, that uh, there will be those called to the lifestyle like Apostle Paul, but you should get that revelation from God if that's your call. Does that make sense? That you have a call to not be married, live celibate, da-da-da-da. And Misty Edwards, I mean, there's a number of them on planet Earth. But unless God gave you that calling, I believe it's God's desire that you're going to be married. Does that make sense? So, Lord, thank you for bringing godly spouses in Jesus' name and making those connections. And here's, here's another thing about remaining, you know, um, just remaining in the place of purity, remaining in that place of before the Lord. So let's, let's stand. Can I have, yes, you. Come, Holy Spirit. For some reason, I keep thinking in my mind about, um, you know, that Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. That's, the, that's the, um, the Sermon on the Mount. By the way, the Sermon on the Mount is a great sermon to, to read again and again and again. Because that's how we're supposed to live our life. We're the salt of the earth. But you know, if the salt has lost its flavor, has lost its saltiness, what good is it really? And there's something about us getting our salt back and something about our getting our, you know, our mojo back, you know, in God. And I remember growing up in the farm just past Stratford and putting out the salt licks. You know, farmers know what I'm talking about. The salt licks, big salt blocks that you put out for the cows to lick. If the cows, especially milk cows, if they didn't get the salt and lick the salt, they would do crazy things to try to get salt. They would chew on the fences. They would chew a rock. They would eat dirt. They're trying to get salt because they need it, especially for milk production. We all need salt, by the way. But we are called the salt of the earth. Therefore, what would the earth be without us? Crazy. I think there would be crazy bedlam, 
You know what? You are the salt when you walk into your workplace. You are the salt when you walk into your school. You are the representative of God. But, you know, why? I feel like the Lord wants to remove compromise. Now, do you got to sit in the corner and read your Bible 24-7? No, that's not what I'm, you're hearing from me. However, what do you do with your downtime? What do I do with my downtime? You know what I'm finding? There's such a slim picking of movies lately. It's like sad, really. God, help us. Make sure you support all the good ones. I right? like Breakthrough and Unplanned and those ones. I was staying just two weekends ago at, at the home of leaders. And... Um, I was so grieved in my spirit that their son didn't come out of his bedroom except to eat. And even then, he took his food and brought it back to his room. Why? Because he was on, addicted to online gaming. So addicted to online gaming that it just consumed him. Entertainment to not enter in. There's something here. What do we do with our downtime? Am I saying, you know, that you, you have to be approved? No. But I also believe that we can fill our spirit with the things of God or the things of good or even right relationships. And I don't know, like we, 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 we were hiking Jasper Park uh, recently in this trip we did out west and phenomenal beauty. And I saw this family with this son who looked like he was bored out of his mind. You know, his mother's trying to prod him to just stunning beauty all around us. But you could see that that kid, he just wanted to get on his iPhone. He just wanted to get back to his, his whatever, you know, his, and I'm just like, God, help our society, help our children, help us, Lord, that we do not choose lesser pleasures than for the joy of life and relationship and authenticity with you. God, break in, break in now. Kind messenger. Can we turn her up just a little bit? The kind messenger, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. God, we ask. Come, 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 come. Break in. Oh, break in, break in, break in. You know what? First of all, I feel in my heart there's people like me when I was uh, 19 or so. I needed to rededicate my life to Jesus. I needed to really get full on with him too. I loved God but I just had straight. He, Jesus was not leading my life. I was leading my life and I knew it. And it caused this angst inside. It caused this wrestling inside. It felt like jo uh, Jacob wrestling with God. And I believe that the Lord is saying, there's people here today that you have this wrestling going on right now and it's time to full on surrender to him. The wages of sin is death. The price of our sin is death. That's why Jesus died. That's why he paid the price. That's why. Not only for our salvation, for our healing forgiveness, but also to give us an abundant life. Sozo, abundant life. I want you to be real this morning. If, you, if that's you, you need to rededicate or give your life to Jesus. Can you just come down here? Just run down here. Let's pray together. Let's put Jesus in the driver's seat. Let's say yes to him. Let's give him everything. Let's be full on, full on, full on. Because oh. now is the time. Today is the day. There's something that God has been speaking to you. Oh. Even for somebody, he's been speaking to you this week. You know what I'm talking about. God's been speaking to you this week and saying... It's your time to really surrender to me. Give me your soul. Give me your heart. Give me your life. Oh.
fire. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus.